But hey, well, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit today about uh, transitions, because in my life I've always had trouble with transitions, even small ones. Uh, I just get anxious when, uh, even, you know, even if we're getting ready to go to church, it's like, that can be, I, we've learned how to navigate that, but, uh, you know, I, I just get tense, I get anxious. Right before, like, vacations and stuff, I'm going to transition from, uh, from work uh, to no work, right, Joanne? It's like, I just get antsy, I just get all, uh, and, uh, so I've had the, uh, and those are little transitions, you know, marriage, uh, you know, we, we we met we met here on the hill, uh, so there's hope for everybody. Um, yep, it's uh, you get those send it to your best bud, but it could mean a little bit more. You know what I mean? Who who knows? Um, so I, I want I just want to talk about you know kind of uh, how does God lead us through transition when you when you follow when you're following God. Uh, there's going to be changes and, and, you know, transitions and, you know, some key, some key places in life where God wants to do something. Because usually in transition is where uh, God is going to do something uh, pretty amazing in our lives. And uh, so I, I thought I would talk to you a little bit about that. I'm going to, I'm going to use the passage of Scripture in uh, the book of Exodus, which is over in the Old Testament, uh, the 13th chapter. I'm going to just read you a little bit of that, and then we'll talk about it and see what happens. <clears throat> And it says there, when Pharaoh let the people go, God didn't lead them uh, on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea, and the Israelites went up out of Egypt armed for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear an oath. He said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. And so it says, after they left Sukkoth, they camped at the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, a pillar of fire uh, gave them light so they could travel by day or by night. You know, and uh, they were being led by God. And so this is one of those, you know, it's one of those major transitions. And one of the things that I realize in transition is that, and you might have noticed this, that God doesn't take us the shortest way. Have you ever noticed that? That, you know, that you might, you, you, you may have something on your heart or some, some prophetic word and you just, you, you, know, uh, you, you know, you're at point A, you want to get to point B. And my mind says straight ahead, you know, that's, we're gonna, we are going to go that way. But God's not that way, is he? He's not, uh, you know, A to B. It's like, you know, it's A, B, you know, he'll bring you to G, then back over to C. And he's, it, it seems up, down, all around, sometimes confusion. Uh, but, but he knows what's best for us because he says, he says about the, about these guys that if you know if they face war so if you're if you're in a tough time and you you know you kind of wonder why well, I thought I was following God you know and then, you know you get to that place uh, you, you probably are following God but think of how bad it could be if you would have tried to take the shortest route you see because God has our best interest at heart and so even though he may bring us the long way around he knows how to do it best he knows how to work what's best in us uh, and he knows the timing, what's the exact timing. Uh, and so we have to just stick with him, even though, uh, you know, it's the long way. Because God's all about process. He's all about the journey, isn't he? He's not just about, well, we're going to get you there. Because he could do it. He could do it easily to get us to where, you know, right where he wants us to be. But it's, it's in the process that he begins to do things with us. You know, it's like, and what, one of the things I've learned is that you have to kind of, he's kind of working to get us to let go of what we had in order to grab hold of what he 
has for us. You see, because often, you know, oftentimes we, we, we just want to do it the way we've always done it, even, you know, even when it was good. But when God wants to bring us into a new place, he's, he says, he's kind of saying, let go of all that other stuff because now we're going to do something new. Because life would be pretty boring if you just, you know, kept doing it the same old, same old way. It's kind of like, uh, you know, I've, I've been to a few circuses and you watch those uh, the acrobats, you know, the back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and uh, it would be, it wouldn't be very exciting, right? Until the person lets go, and they let go, and they flip around, and then they grab hold of the of the guy swinging. Uh, they, but they'd never get over to the other guy. They'd never have an adventure. They'd never get over to the other swing if they just kept holding on to what they had. And this is what what God's doing when He brings us kind of on a journey. Is He's He's kind of uh, you know getting getting the old stuff out so that He's able to get the new stuff. He's saying to us, "Do you want an adventure? If you want an adventure, you let go of where you are so that you can get to where you got to be." It's kind of it's kind of like getting you know they say you know it, it's easy to take a person out out of Egypt. It's much more difficult to get Egypt out of them. You know, and uh, you know Mike said you know Mike said that uh, I had a few wanderings. Well. I had a few wanderings in my life because uh, I had a lot of Egypt in me, you know what I'm saying, that, that uh, sometimes caused me to make bad decisions. And, uh, but here's, that, that's the thing, get, getting it out, going through the, uh, the process with him, getting Egypt out of us. Because I found, I don't know, do you have, do you have, do you have default settings? You know, just things that, like when you get a computer, they say it has default settings, you've got to change it around. Uh, it's, it's how you came from the factory. You know, I've got, I've got, like, you know, default settings. And my kids, they know my default settings. You know, like, I have default settings uh, when it comes to driving a car. You know, I was, I was brought up in the New York metropolitan area. And uh, down there, it's uh, very aggressive. You know, so when I see one of those, a yellow light, for me, even, I haven't been down here in 40 years, but with that yellow light, my default setting is hit the gas, baby. We're going to, we got to get through this thing, you know. A red, a red light's coming. But, like, upstate... Uh, it's not like that. So when I first moved up here, I nearly rear-ended, you know, 17 people because I'm hitting the gas. Five people in front of me are stopping. It's like, you're stopping, you know? And I would, like, you know, get upset, wouldn't I, Joanna? I'd be like, what are they stopping for? You know, the, the other thing is when, when, uh, when you're going to make a left-hand turn. All right, when I'm going to make a left-hand turn and, and there's a light, I get right under the light. I get my car right under the light. Most people around here, though, they don't do that. And I'm like, we could be here literally forever. Uh, if you don't, if you don't move up, you know, so I'm, and I'm always, uh, and also passing on the right. People don't pass on the right. I just, you know, I just naturally do that. And sometimes I can get upset and, uh, you know, my buttons get pushed and it's just my default, you know, it's my default settings. But what God is trying to do in this transition, in this process of bringing, he's bringing them out and he's bringing them the long way. He's trying to change their settings. He's trying to actually bring us, I know you're Bible people, so I can kind of bring up some broad themes. Uh, from, he's trying to bring us from Romans 7, where we're kind of living in the flesh and uh, kind of who we are in our raw selves. He wants us to get it. He wants to get us to Romans 8, where we're living by the power uh, of the Holy Spirit and that renewed and regenerated and, and transformed mind. And and uh, so he brings us on a process to get the default setting so that we can become more like God, more like Jesus, and more like who he wants us to be to be able to perform the work that he has for us. So in transition, um, uh, I'm realizing, you know, it's a process. And the other thing is you can't take shortcuts because I found that shortcuts get you in a lot of trouble. You know, they just get you in a lot of trouble. You know, I, I, the, back in 1987, I, there's a story uh, 
on the New York State Thruway, there's a bridge called the Schoharie Bridge. And in 1987, I think it was like in March or April, in the springtime, uh, because it was a, a big thaw and the, the Schoharie Creek looked more like the, a raging river, and it actually took out a, a, a bridge on the New York State Thruway, was totally washed out, and 10, 10 people lost their lives because of that. And when they did, the, when they did a study to find out what the heck happened, what they found out is uh, somebody skipped a, a step. One of the steps was putting what they call scour stones uh, in the foundation uh, to help with this whole thing of erosion, and they totally skipped that step. Now, I don't know if somebody was looking for a shortcut or, or what happened, but because, of, because that step was skipped, 10 people lost their lives. And when we try to, when we try to take shortcuts, when we try to kind of, you know, oh, it'll, it'll, you know, just kind of cut, cut off a little, just kind of rush the process, it's going to get us in trouble in some way, some, in some way. Because uh, God, God wants to do a, a complete work in us. And if we try to, you know, work the angles, it oftentimes will get us in trouble. And uh, we get hurt and other people get hurt. So it's a process, this whole thing of transition that we're, you know, we're walking with God through the process. Uh, it also says there that, uh, you know, when you're navigating change, you need to be alert. You, I don't know if you noticed when I read it, but it said that the Israelites, it said they went up armed for battle. You know, when I, I was looking at that. If you have a King James Bible, I don't know if anybody reads King James anymore, but the King James Bible says they went up with their loins girded, which I just thought that was, I just, I just, I don't know, I just find that funny, you know, like, you know, all right, everybody. Uh, Moses said to gird up your loins because we're moving out, you know. And, uh, hey, Moses, Johnny over here doesn't have his loins girded. I don't think he should go. Johnny, get your loins girded, would you please? You know, you can't go out to battle with your loins ungirded. I mean, you look at you. You look, you look crazy. So gird up your loins, you know. I hope you have your loins girded because uh, you're going to get in a lot of trouble if you don't have your loins girded. Uh, I don't know exactly what that means, but arm for battle means alert. I get amazed how, uh, how, how, like, uh, I don't know, just sometimes Christians where they just do the dumbest things, you know, they're, and they blame it on, they blame it on kind of God, but we, we have the light of the world living inside of us. So Jesus is the light of the world. We shouldn't be living in fuzziness or, or like in a fog or not aware of things because what, 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 what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to us here is, listen, be aware of what's going on around you. Be aware of what's going on inside of you and Ask, I'm asking God all the time, give me more light, you know, shine it, give me some awareness, give me perspective, give me, give me new perspective, new awareness. It shouldn't be like, well, I don't know what happened, you know. You know, we were, you know, we were, we were at lunch just talking and all of a sudden we were in bed with each other, you know, I don't know what happened, you know. There's kind of a process to that, isn't there? Mike is the one who got me talking about sex, you know, he, you know, he, it's in, it's just stuck in there now. So uh, all my illustrations will be that way. But what, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's armed for battle. It's not saying, well, God's just going to take care of it. Well, the Holy, we're just waiting for the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy, no, what, what, when you're walking with God in a transition, you want to be aware. You want to be alert. You want to be armed for battle. The, in, the, in, that, the, in this picture of this word, armed for battle, is also that you're in position. You're where you need to be. You're not, you're not, you're not kind of lollygagging around. You're not just dragging your heels. You, what, what, if you want to, if you want to get to where God is bringing you, this whole transition thing, you need to be where you need to be, and and fulfilling that position. So if you like, if you're a student, 
You're the best possible student you can possibly be. You're getting all the light. You're getting all the awareness. You're getting all the perspective. You're, 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 you're learning all that you can because that's, what, that's where you are. You're a student. So God, if God has me a student, then I'm, I'm drinking it in. I'm soaking it in. I'm, I'm aggressively going after everything God wants me to have and all the experience that God wants me to experience because uh, that, that's what, you know, arm for battle is about is uh, being in position, being, being aware of what's going on, and asking for light. Now, how do you, how do you get there uh, armed for battle? How do you, what, what does that mean? I think it means that, uh, that we're praying, but that's an easy thing to say. Uh, pray, but, but praying real prayers, because you know, a lot of times we pray, I don't know about you, but I can just check it off, you know, well, I got that done. You know, I'm glad I got that done. That's not, that, when, you go, when you're armed for battle, you're talking, to, you're talking to God about real stuff that's going on in your life. You're talking about God about the sin issues in your life, the real struggles and attitudes that you have in your life. The, you're, you're, you're actually having a conversation with God about, about real life issues, and, and you're listening to what, what he's saying back to you. It's not just this, you know, kind of go through this thing and I'm done. Uh, it's prayer according to the context of what, how you're living and what you're living and, and God, it's a, it's a two-way street thing. That, that's what brings awareness when we're listening. I think the same thing with Bible reading. And I, I know you're, you're reading your Bible all the time here. But you have to have a time when you're reading it in a way that, again, it's bringing new perspective. It's, it's, adding, it's adding some new pathway to your life. That's what, that's what opens things up. That's what, that's what gets you armed for battle. That's what, that's what gets you ready for the next thing that God, that God has for you is uh, how does this fit in? There has to be a place beyond an intellectual academic activity uh, or just a devotional activity, a place where talking to God through prayer and through Bible reading is actually adding dimension to your life so that you will be ready uh, when, when God calls on you. Uh, the other thing I would say is that, that makes us arm for battle is I got to have somebody in my life that's willing to tell me the truth. You, you, you have to build relationships into your life of people who will, who will take the risk to tell me something honest. You know, that one of the things that we're doing at Elon Fellowship was we're developing a, a coaching culture. And coaching, what, one of the things that coaching does is, again, it, through listening and asking uh, really good questions, it helps people to see new things and creates new awareness. Because when questions, Jesus used them uh, all through the Bible, questions automatically open you up to something new, something different, a new perspective. And we're, we're, training, we're training coaches to be able to do that uh, in everyday life and, and also uh, in more formal ways so that we can help people gain awareness. We can help people get in the right position. We can help people be alert and uh, have that full armor of God on so that they're going to be able to achieve the goals and the, the vision and dreams that God has for them. So, again, this whole thing of uh, arm for battle. Are you armed for battle? Because you can be here doing what you're doing and not being armed for battle. You can still, you can still be in a, you know, a kind of a religious fog. You know, just like, oh, Jesus this and Jesus that and uh, Holy Spirit. But is he, when God is really speaking to us and you're really, you're really listening and he's opening up, again, new pathways. 
You know, uh, one of the other ways is, is memorization of the Bible. I love memorizing the Bible because I learned this. I learned this about it. I know I'm taking a little, little short. So when, when you memorize something, not just the Bible, it literally creates new uh, electrical, you know, uh, pathways in your brain. And I just thought, man, that's, I could use more of those. You know what I'm saying? Because you know what? I got a lot of bad pathways in there. Uh, and so I, I, that's what really motivated me to start memorizing the Bible. I got all these bad pathways. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start creating uh, new, new Holy Spirit Bible pathways in my brain. And that, again, really helps me to be armed, armed for battle. So uh, it's reading your Bible, prayer. Uh, I couldn't me mention meditation, journaling. But do something to be able to be armed for battle, that we're not just, again, using the Holy Spirit as an excuse to be lazy or an excuse to stay in a fog, an excuse to stay in uh, denial, uh, not want to, you know, where we just don't want to deal with our stuff. We, again, we want to stay in default settings, and uh, uh, God doesn't want us to be there, and it's not a fun place to be. So it's a process, uh, this whole transition thing. Uh, we need to go up uh, armed for battle, alert to things, uh, then, th then it says, when you're going through a transition, that uh, let past wins encourage you for the, for the present and future challenges. Because it says in there, and this was one, again, I don't know if you noticed it or not, it said, oh, and they took the bones of Joseph with them. Like, I, I, when I read that, I was like, wow, well, I, I could just see this... Uh, I could, I could see this guy, uh, you know, Harry running, you know, uh, oh, wait, Moses, I'll be right with you. I got to get, I got to get, uh, I got I to get Joseph's skeleton to go with us. You know, it's like, what are we, what is this, Halloween? Uh, you know, what, what do you mean you got to, what, what does that mean? That Joseph, and it says that a Joseph told them to make sure that when, when we move out to get, to go to the promised land, make sure you bring my bones with you. Now, what's going on there? And here's, here's what I think, is that Joseph, and you, you, guys, you guys are Bible scholars, so you know all about Joseph. You know, he was like the most powerful guy in, all, in the most powerful country. He would, have been, he would have been like, you know, of our country, you know, one of the top guys. And he saved, he saved the whole world uh, from famine. He, he could have had anything that he wanted. And yet, with all that God did through Joseph, I mean, an incredible story, you know, of rising from the ashes to the, to the top. But no, with all that he had on his deathbed, and I can imagine, maybe he, maybe he told stories throughout his life, but on, on his deathbed, the thing, that he, the thing that he remembers to tell somebody, to, you know, pull one of his kids down closely and kind of uh, sound a little like Mike did probably, like, yeah, yo, make sure my bones go with you, you know, it's like, because, because what he knows that there's a promise he knows from the stories that his dad told him that God is going to bring us into a land flowing with milk and honey. And even though he accomplished all the stuff that he accomplished, that didn't come to pass, that God would give, give, the, give him a promised land. And so he, even on his deathbed, he's saying, listen, even though I'm dying, I still believe. I believe to the point that I want you to bring my bones into that place. And what, and, and, you know, so, so what, 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 you, look, you look back, and Joseph's faith, he, he has a faith in death, you know, that even though it didn't happen, there's still this faith, it's a faith that overcomes death, and says, so still, I want you to bring my bones in. And that, that, gives, that gives us great hope that, that, you know, what God did in the past, 
he, he, when he promised it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come to pass. And so that you kind of remember, hey, this, this, the last generation and the generation before that, they're passing on their faith and that they, they did great things and they want us to do great things. And that, you know, so I'm, I'm looking towards those past things of what God has done in my life, what he's done in your, other people's lives, what he's done in the lives of the guys in the Bible to propel me forward uh, oftentimes when it seems like, you know, nothing's going to happen here. Because Joseph could have copped an attitude, you know. He could have got offended with God. He could have been like, well, you know, what are all these promised things, you know. Uh, you know, that didn't come to pass. And he could have got bitter. He could have got cynical uh, and just, and just kind of left it, left it at that. Well, I had a good life. But no, he didn't do that. He overcame. He didn't get offended that the promise didn't come to pass in his life. He said, it's going to. He, he gave life to the next generation saying, listen, uh, when, when it happens, make sure I get in there. And so, again, we, 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 that, that gives us great hope for, uh, for our future, to look at the, some of the past things that he's done. Um, the next thing would be that some changes, and I don't know if I like this one, uh, some changes push us up against the impossible. Have you ever noticed that? I don't know, I don't know if you have or not, but uh, sometimes God leads us and... He leads us to, like, impossible places. Because if you read this story, I didn't read all 14 through chapter 14 because that would have been way too much reading. And, uh, you know, God, God leads them to, you know, not the shortest route, but he leads them to a place of entrapment where they get to the Red Sea and I guess the geography of the time, there was no way out. And then God says, and you can read it in your Bible, I don't, no matter what translation you have, God says, I'm going to go back. I'm going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to stir up Pharaoh to come after you guys. And it's like, whoa. Some, 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 uh, some, of the, some of the places where God will bring us, it's places of impossibility unless he comes through. Because he, he, leads, he leads them to that place, and they get to that place, and the, the Israelites, they, they're right in their default settings, you know. They're like some of you, maybe your roommates that are like, you did it, it's your fault, you know. It's like, you know, no, it's, it's, it, no, it's their fault, no, you know, it's Pharaoh's fault. It's Adam and Eve, you know. It's like, it's Adam, it's Eve, it's the devil, you know. It's like, and they're just, they're, you know, if, if they had a, a board meeting, uh, you know, I'm, I could see some of them saying, I, I told Moses we shouldn't do this, you know. I, I I abstained on the vote there. I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't for it. I don't know what he was doing. You know, why the heck was he leading us like that? You know, four or 500,000 people. I knew it wasn't going to work. I mean, it was, I mean, the logistics alone, you know, and you, you, everybody just kind of pointing the finger because on, on the horizontal plane, our default setting is let's find somebody else to blame. Get it off of me onto somebody else, you know. But Moses, see, because Moses had been through processes with God. You know, he spent 40 years in the palace, 40 years kind of on the run as an illegal alien. Uh, uh, he was a fugitive murderer, uh, married, married totally the wrong girl. Uh, 40, he was 40 years in the, uh, you know, back there uh, where he needed to have God speak to him through a, through a burning bush. That must have been something. I think Moses, when he went over to that bush and all of a sudden God started speaking, Moses was like, oh, man. Those mushrooms I had at lunch, I better, I better pack those away. You know, it's like they got a thing uh, talking to me now. But now he's, but, and then he spends 40 years leading the people of God. And in that, in that process, he learned something. What he learned was, no, if God led me here, he's up to something. And that's what we need to learn, that when God leads you somewhere, even though it's difficult and it looks like it's a mess, 
that if we look to God, because that's what Moses does. The people looking around on the horizontal plane, Moses looks up. You know, now we have them living right inside of us, but the point is we're looking to God like, okay, what's going on here? And what, what God will do when we look to him is he says, I've already given you something to solve this problem. He says, just raise up your staff and, and things will happen. You see, because in you right now is everything that you need to be able to accomplish the purposes of God for your life on the way you are right now. It's just stopping the blame game and the denial game, you know, gaining awareness. And look at what does he want me to do now? Looking to him. That's the default setting. You know, again, is a, we're, just, we're, gonna, we're gonna blame or we're gonna just go into whatever to divert attention. But Moses looks up and he lifts up, you know, he lifts up his hands and they, uh, they go through the waters part. And again, I, I love this. You know, I'm, I'm always wondering. I, I look at the Bible in an odd way sometimes. But like, do you ever wonder, there's like, I think like 500,000 people. I don't know. You get different numbers. And they're walking through the Red Sea, big walls on both sides. What do you think the guy on the very end, the last guy was thinking? Like, you know, can we, can, can, can we just hurry this up just a little bit? You know, like, you know, like, how much faith would he have needed? You know, I wonder how long this is going to last here. So come on, guys, let's move it on here. But what's really interesting, and my, 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 la my last point to you would be, is that when God does something, when he leads us through something, he does an utterly complete work. Because it was said, the Bible's such a graphic book. I mean, if they really made uh, a movie, a real movie, and, and of the graphics of the book, I mean, most of us probably wouldn't go to see it. You know, it would get blocked on our uh, on our internet and stuff. Because I mean, he doesn't he doesn't hold anything back. Because you read this story, you got to read through 14, and near the end of 14, it literally says that the Israelites they saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore of the Red Sea. I mean, that, so the enemy always over, he, he'll always like, uh, what am I saying, overplay his hand. You know, he just goes racing in and God washes over them. And then they, they literally saw the bloated dead bodies floating of the, of the, of the military, of the soldiers on that sea. The ones, the, the ones who had enslaved them, you know, had, had uh, uh, bound them up were now totally dead, and they were totally free. And it just, you know, like, like in my life, you know, what's, what would be the Egyptian, what would be the dead Egyptian that once had you enslaved, that now that God has brought you through the process, you're free? You know, it could be jealousy or envy. You know, for me, uh, you know, it was, you know, more than four weeks ago, it would be a pack of Marlboro, you know, floating, floating on, was it six weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, floating on the dead, floating uh, that God, you know, delivered me from 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 that, or or you know, maybe, maybe there's some Miller. Do they still make Miller beer now? They have all these craft beers, you know. But bottles, you know, just bottles of beer, or, or addictions that God wants to free us from. He does a total and complete work. He doesn't he doesn't do it halfway. If we if we stick with Him through, because some, sometimes because you know, smoking cigarettes for me was like. That took a long time, my, you know, Mike will tell you, because you know, I, I like smoking. I used to think about, oh, man, if I could figure out a way to smoke in a in, in shower, I'd make money, you know what I'm saying? Because it was just like, it would be just like so great. Uh, but, you know, so it really had a hold on me. But you go through the process with God, there comes a point in time when he says, we're ready to deal with that. 
and it's going to be absolutely broken. Or, you know, some of us are gossip, you know, just gossip, and we can't, we can't break that, that thing of just wanting to talk and get some juicy tidbits. And, but what, if, we, if we, we follow him through the process, it'll be absolute deliverance from those who held us in addiction. And it's so, you know, for a lot of us, we, we, we've experienced that. But when you think about people who are, are not in relationship with Jesus, people who don't know him, that are still, I, 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 hear, I hear of it all the time, the, the people who are uh, addicted to, you know, the opi, opioids and stuff, people are dying from this stuff. And Jesus is the answer. He's the one who can, you know, totally break that addiction and set, and set people free. He can do it with depression, uh, anxieties. If we go through the, uh, it's going through the process. It's the, you know, it's not, it's sometimes it's not an overnight thing. It's that, it's that journeying with him through the transitions. And so can I, should I pray? And then uh, I could pray for, do you want me to pray for your lunch too? So you can go right to it then. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to. I try to pray for my groceries. That way we, you know, we don't, if I, if I go buy a farm, bless them, Lord. Thank you for that food there. And, and then right to eating, you know, because I like to get right to it. So let, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you for every student, every person in this room. And I know that everyone, Lord, all of us go through tr uh, transitions. Even, Lord, some of them have some anxiety about uh, the break that they're going to go on. As exciting as it might be, that transition is, is causing anxiety and questioning in their, in their minds. And so I'm asking you to bring uh, your Holy Spirit, who you are, flowing into each one of them. Saturate them with who you are. Penetrate their hearts. Uh, and, Lord, give us the courage to walk with you. Uh, in the process to be able to see some of these things broken off of us, some of these uh, things that hold us captive, uh, and, and that we could truly be free. I'm praying, Lord, for those that love to be in denial and darkness, that uh, help us to have the courage to live in the light and to have more life, light and more awareness of who we are and who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.